everyone, and welcome to Finding Your Fit Podcast, where I, Shawnee Fit, take you on my journey of finding my fit as a millennial making. Are you a millennial trying to find your fit and achieve those massive goals? Tune in every week as I discuss the shit I think about, the steps I have taken, and hear advice from some of the best. Let's get this journey started. everybody so welcome to part three the final kind of segment of this whole pregnancy talk um i kind of contemplated not doing this one but then thought you know there's some hot topics that i still wanted to discuss so um i'm gonna dive right into it i think actually i'm not gonna dive right into it first i want to thank everybody for all the positive feedback all the stories you guys have shared with me um all the people who have reached out whether you know they haven't announced they're pregnant yet or they ha- or they have um people who are not even pregnant have reached out so i so appreciate all the feedback um i'm loving that you guys loved part 1 and part 2 and i'm hoping that you will love part 3 as well so this one in terms of the layout is going to be a little bit different i kind of just jotted down a few points that i wanted to discuss as it pertains to taking home a newborn and then after there are four like general questions that came in um so many people asked them but it was generally four questions that came in um that I just want to quickly answer so any of those any of those any of you who might be thinking or wondering what answers to those questions are you'll be like great she touched on them so moving right along I am a little tired newborn life so um please forgive me but let's get into it so the first one is breastfeeding oh my gosh breastfeeding so first of all um I was of the opinion that my boobs got so big during pregnancy that I was like there is no way I'm not breastfeeding I'm gonna produce so much milk um formula is the devil this is kind of the story i created in my head right formula is the devil and i'll have enough milk to like you know store in bags and have in the freezer and have in the fridge and my child will be only on breast milk um and never have to have formula that was so that was my mindset going into this i don't know where i got this information from it was just a story i created and i think it's a story a lot of people create So when it doesn't go as planned, you feel worthless and you feel less of a woman. And that's kind of what happened to me. So as I said, my boobs got so big during pregnancy and I was like, there's no way um, I'm not going to breastfeed. And my mom never had an issue breastfeeding. So of course, that's how I went into it. So Cameron was born um, the day after. So you have to stay in the hospital at night and then... So I guess the second day I go home and they tell me on the third day I have to go to the doctor to get him checked out, right? Um, It's just Canadian procedure, that's how they do it, so of course I was following it. So the third day I take Cameron to the doctor and he was the, I don't know, the worst person in the world, but anyways... 
I take him in. First of all, I think he thought I was a lot younger than I was. And then, I, of course, I didn't have anybody with me. I didn't have my husband or anything. So I think he also thought that I, you know, this was an accident pregnancy and I was like 16 or something, right? Because that's how the conversation kind of went. And that was the vibe I was getting from him. He was just super judgmental. Anyways, moving on. So I, I, I'm in the doctor's office and he does his checks or whatever. And he's like, um, this child is losing too much weight. So, of course, I like start freaking out internally. And I'm just like, okay, what does that mean? And he was like, there's a th- certain threshold that, you know, after birth, the babies lose weight. However, if you're over, th- over the threshold, it means that they're not getting enough nutrients or not enough, I guess, food from your breast milk, right? So I was like, okay, I understand. And he was like, um, your child is, you know, gone past the threshold and you need to supplement. And I was like, supplement? What do you mean? And he was like, because I'd never, as I said, I've never read any like pre-baby books or anything. So all of this was kind of, I was just kind of going with the flow. Um, and he was like, you need to supplement. And I was like, okay. And he was like, you need to supplement with something other than breast milk. But he wasn't like outright saying you need to give your child formula. So eventually I looked at him and I was like, okay, are you saying I need to give him formula? And he goes, yes, you um, clearly you're not producing enough milk and you're starving this child. And of course, that sentence made me like crumble, right? Um, and I immediately started crying and I just felt like the worst human being because here I am, a new mom, I've never done this before and the doctor's now telling me that I'm basically starving my child to death, right? So, and of course, let's not forget hormones are super high and you know, it's three days later and it was just a hot mess. Anyways, I start crying and I look at him and I'm just like, um, I said, I was like, okay, I'll give him formula. Is there a specific brand that I should use? He said, no, you just need to leave here and get formula and give your child formula, er, for, give your child formula every two hours starting, um, now. And I was like, okay. And he was like, you need to make an appointment to come and see me tomorrow so I can check his weight. I was like, okay, no problem. And then I kind of ended it off by saying, you know, this is my first child. So I'm not familiar with this process. Um, I apologize. And he was like, okay, and left the room. Like, that was it. It was the most, I don't know, belittling experience. It was just awful. Anyways, I get, I leave, I get in the car, we stop at the pharmacy, I pick up formula, um, I go home, and of course, at this point, I'm like a hot mess, because I'm just like, I feel like I'm starving my child, this poor little baby must have been so hungry, um, and here I was thinking that, you know, breast milk was the only way to go, and when I left the hospital, I had seen a lactation consultant, and the lactation consultant was just like, you know, his latch is perfect, everything looks good, just keep on doing it. So, of course, that's what I was doing. At no point did anyone tell me this might happen, right? So, at home, ended up giving him formula. um, And I guess my biggest piece of advice here, and it's probably the biggest regret I have throughout my whole pregnancy journey and, I guess, birth story, is I didn't create a routine around um, pumping. Like, I don't think people understand, or maybe 
people do, just not me, understand how important pumping is. Like they say you need to pump like seven to eight times a day. And then if you're low on supply, you have to increase, you have to pump more than that. And I just couldn't create a routine, right? I just really couldn't create a routine. I couldn't find the time to pump. I found pumping so inconvenient. And I just kind of was of the opinion that my milk would come in from him sucking, right? So I would have him suck both boobs for every feeding right and then what I do is I give him the formula after and I did that consistently day in and day out and there were times where yeah um, I would feel like you'd feel your boobs filling with milk right but as I said I sucked at pumping like I really sucked at pumping and I think that's really what caused a lot of my frustration so by the time I came home I was still breastfeeding. Again, I would start every feeding with um, boobs and then I would switch to formula. But I just found that I would pump and like I just wasn't getting a lot of milk and I was just getting so discouraged and I wasn't a mother who was like, oh my God, this is an amazing experience and I need to breastfeed, right? I actually didn't enjoy breastfeeding. I thought, you know, it kind of restricted me and to, I just didn't enjoy the process like some people so I looked at my husband I think when Cameron turned I think he was like three and a half months I looked at him and I was just like I'm not doing this I'm not doing this anymore I was like I don't get the point because I'm giving him both my boobs and he um and he probably gets an ounce from both and then I still have to give him formula so like what is the point and my, I felt like my milk wasn't increasing of course I took the supplements and whatever whatever but as I said my pumping sucked so I just stopped um I just completely stopped and with that story comes you know my whole thought around breastfeeding and the judgment that comes with it like as women why do we judge other women on breastfeeding like support each other it's great if you have enough milk to feed your child and that's amazing but that doesn't make you more of a woman than someone who doesn't and I think we need to kind of understand that and we need to squash this whole comparison between um you know what babies are breastfed versus what babies are formula fed and and you know I could produce this much milk and and um you couldn't and blah 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 right guys I don't know what the saying is but it's like something like a fed baby is the best way and like I think that's just what we need to shift to I like I still up to this day when I pull out a bottle to give Cameron at five months old people look at me like what are you doing um like I interviewed a nanny and she looked at me and she said so wait are you not breastfeeding and of course she did not get the job but the point is like if I'm giving him a bottle one you're not too sure if it's formula or breast milk and two who cares what it is at least I'm feeding my child so I think when it comes to breastfeeding as a community as women I think we just need to be more understanding and more supportive and yes breastfeeding of course you know would be superior to formula but that but if you can't do it or you can only do it for a short period of time for whatever reason that's okay too um and formula is not going to kill your child 
And I think that was kind of something I had in my head too, right? Don't get me wrong, I was completely against formula. I thought, as I said, formula was the devil. And if I gave my child formula, my formula, I mean, my child would keel over and die. And that's not the case. So Cameron is perfectly fine. Um, and he's now fully on formula. And he's never given me any trouble as it pertains to, you know, um, taking formula or taking a bottle. So, as I said, he did start on a bottle from three days old because of me having to supplement. So anyways, that's my longer than planned rant on breastfeeding. But that being said, I hope that there's some support and some shift in the way we think about breastfeeding um, and formula altogether, period, full stop. All right, moving on. The next topic I kind of wanted to quickly touch on was bleeding. Now, great, you have this baby, you push it out, you're laying on the on the bed and you're like doing skin to skin with the baby. But of course, from a you perspective, there's bleeding and then there's of course tearing, right? Um, now, I'm of course not as familiar with a C-section, but I would assume there would be some discomfort. I'm not too sure about bleeding. I'm ass- assuming bleeding as well. But as I said, not familiar with um, a C-section at all. Also didn't mention you could possibly get cut, which would be a- an episiotomy, um, where the doctor actually cuts you rather than allows you to tear. Now, as I've said before, I tore and I tore pretty badly. Now, my doctor out here in Jamaica told me to that tearing is better um, because the healing process was a lot easier for the body. Now, I'm not too sure, please fact check that, but that is why I kind of went that route rather than being cut. Um, but of course, there are times where you're, you need to be cut because for some reason you're not tearing and you, the child needs a little bit more room to come out. So um, those are kind of the three things that, that I guess, you know, happen after birth. So... In terms of bleeding now, the, they say it's like a heavy period. Um, I would say it's a bit heavier than a heavy period um, as soon as you have the baby. And then, of course, like maybe day one into day two. I would say once you get into day three, day four, I do agree that it's kind of like just a heavy period. Now, one of my like friends from high school reached out to me to be like, Shawnee, if there's one thing you buy it is always depends like the adult diapers and I was like really and she was like yes they're comfortable and they make your life so much easier and I listened and I got them and if you are are an expecting mommy like I strongly suggest you buy them because one you don't have to worry about changing a pad while you're dealing with a screaming baby and two you don't have to worry about leaking everywhere right because I don't know if this happens to everyone but my bleeding actually fluctuated quite a bit for a month so like there are some days where it'd be super heavy then lighter heavier so it kind of you don't really know what to expect right um so I loved the idea of just wearing like these diaper things and then not having to worry about it especially at night so I think I wore those probably for the first month every night and then in the day of course only at the beginning when like it was a lot heavier and then as it kind of settled down I just used really thick pads so that's kind of my two cents as it pertains to you know the management of bleeding something else to mention are clots um, I have a, I'm in a group with two other moms that had their baby a week and two weeks ago. And one of them messaged me and she's like, "Can I take it? Can I take a picture of something in the toilet and send to you?" 
And I was like, sure. And she sends it to me, and I was like, oh, that's a clot. And she was just like, my doctor says it's fine, but, like, did this happen to you? And I was like, yeah, it did. Um, I shed quite a few clots, and some were actually, like, the size of a golf ball. So she was like, okay, I feel a lot better now. I was, like, freaking out. Um, but, yeah, so you do shed clots after birth, um, and they can vary in size. Of course, it's something you need to monitor because you don't want to be shedding a lot. But um, every now and again, you may have a bigger one. I think I had, like, maybe three big ones, not close together, but I did have, like, three or four. Um, so it's just something to monitor and alert your doctor if you feel like something's off. But it's, I guess don't get too alarmed if it does happen to you. Now, moving on, um, with cutting or tearing comes, you know, the idea of something that you're definitely not thinking about when you just have a baby. But six weeks later, they give you, they do like their post-op check and they give you the green light for sex. I don't know who came up with the six-week thing because, I, guys, I don't, I don't know who's ready at six weeks. But, I mean, I have friends that were like, Shawnee, I had sex at four weeks I'm like good on you because at six weeks I still was not ready um even though the doctor was like everything's fine um and that's just something you know I won't go into too much detail because my husband may be horrified but it's not the same I mean it's the same for the man at least in my case (laughs) however for you it is super uncomfortable it does not feel the same um and just get ready um thank god I had a friend well now a friend she was an acquaintance before and my mommy encyclopedia and now she's a pretty close friend of mine but she kept it so real with me as it pertains to like the actual birth process and then after birth so I kind of knew the whole sex thing and all that kind of stuff um But it's definitely one thing to hear it and then one thing to go through it. So, you know, just something to note. But that being said, that kind of covers, you know, the breastfeeding and (laughs) bleeding aspect of things. Um, Sleep is the last thing I want to touch on. Um, So they say when when you have a newborn, you're not going to sleep ever. I actually have to say that newborn stage was a lot easier for me than like... I don't know, two, three-month stage. The three-month regression, which I knew nothing about and had to Google, um, nearly sent me... I think it's a three- or four-month regression. I don't even know which one. But, like, that nearly sent me out the window. But for the newborn stage, thank God, Cameron was pretty good. Like, he he wasn't a fussy baby. He slept really well. Um, at times, you know, he would give me, like, a five-hour stretch at night. So now, on the other hand, I don't know what happened, but um, as a newborn, he was pretty good. So I didn't have that sleeping issue. Um, But that being said, you know, they say sleep when the baby sleeps. I don't know how people do that. I had to a lot of times, you know, be sterilizing bottles and, you know, cleaning up the bedroom and doing laundry and things like that um when he was sleeping but there are times you know for his you try and do things like okay if you know he's gonna take a short nap um you kind of do things within the short nap but then you know okay at a certain time he tends to sleep a little bit longer so you try and sleep when he's gonna do his longer sleep right um and also help guys like having my mom in the house was so helpful and I guess my aunt as well just being able to be like okay 
every night I used to give them him at seven o'clock and I would like bathe, you know, tidy up my room, etc., and then lay down. And then mom used to bring him up to me at 10, right? So just kind of, you know, find that balance between whether it's you and your husband or you and whoever is kind of helping you, but you really need to like not be afraid to ask for help, which is definitely, I'm not someone who like asks for help very often. So that was new to me, but it's definitely something you kind of need to get used to. Um, when you first have the newborn and you're trying to, to balance that whole sleep thing. So that's that. Um, that kind of covers the three things I wanted to talk about. Um, as I said, there are four questions that came in that generally came in that I want to touch on quickly. So the first one, we'll, we'll do the birth ones first. So the birth one is, what does it feel like to have a baby, um, with epidural because I didn't go into much detail of that in in the birth story and so a few people asked me just to kind of explain that um so you don't feel they say you feel pressure is how they explain it I don't know if pressure is the right term um so going going into labor I could still feel when I was having contractions right so of course they're not they're like light 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 cramps right Um, but without looking at the machine, I could be like, okay, I'm having a contraction. I'm having a contraction. Um, I could still feel, you know, slight discomfort and stuff, but they did give me like a button to press to give myself more drugs. But I was like, no, I'm not going to click it kind of thing. But what I found super strange was that once you, once I went into like the position to push and started pushing, that whole like light contraction thing that I was feeling before completely went away and I could feel nothing, literally nothing. Um, and the nurse had to tell me when to push. So you really can't feel anything. Um, something super cool that they did was, I didn't know this, but your pain receptors and your receptors for hot and cold are the same. So what they did was they put ice in a like Ziploc bag and they would take the ice and they would run it down your legs and like up your stomach. And if you could tell whether it was cold, if they would go cold, cold, cold. And if you could feel the cold, that's where you weren't, where the epidural wasn't hitting. However, whenever they touched like anywhere, I would say about my mid stomach all the way down to my toes, I couldn't sense the cold. Um, it was the weirdest thing and then of course when you're done um, and they remove the epidural they do the ice thing again to make sure that you know the feeling is coming back so I found that really cool but in terms of actually giving birth with an epidural you really don't feel anything Um, you do kind of feel I guess stretching (laughs) of down there especially when the doctor is putting his finger and stretching you to get the head of the baby out you feel that, but you don't feel pain. You just know what's going on, right? So that's that question. Um, the next question was, do I have postpartum depression? Um, I don't have postpartum depression as it pertains to Cameron, but I do think that I have a bit of it as it pertains to uh, my partner. So, like, there's sometimes a resentment there, um... I'm telling you, having a baby, I mean, you hear this 500 times, but having a, even if you have the most solid relationship, putting a newborn into a solid relationship, it still throws, throws shit up in the air, right? Um, So 
that, I would say, again, not towards Cameron, but I do think that there's some resentment. And I don't know where it comes from. I was kind of Googling it the other day when people were asking me this question. I got this question asked like three times um, by people DMing me being like, I don't mean to ask this, but blah, blah, blah. Um, so then I started kind of researching it and definitely there are some things that come up for me when they talk about postpartum as it pertains to your partner for sure. So, but I don't think it's very bad. Um, and overall I think I've been managing it okay, but I definitely think there's some of it there. Then, um, where am I mentally now? So I'm in a lot of a, I'm sorry, I'm in, English. I'm telling you when you freestyle these podcasts. Um, mentally now, I am a lot better than I was. I am not back to where I should be. However, I'm very aware of what's causing me to feel the way I'm feeling. And a lot of it is to do with my career. So I'm actively looking for a therapist to kind of just go consistently because I do think that there's a lot that I need to work on as it pertains to using my career to, to I guess, um, using my career to validate my worth, which I need to shift. Um, so that that's kind of where I am mentally. So yeah. The last question was, where am I in my career now? So I recently um, took on a, a position here in Jamaica. However, it is just a year-long position. I am, you know, actively looking for positions overseas um, for after this position. However, you know, I'm really grateful for this position and I think it's giving me the confidence that was literally taken from me from my last position um, and it's also giving me the freedom and the autonomy and the ability to you know really create impact within a short period of time so that's you know the four questions that you guys asked and that wraps up my pregnancy talk <laughs> um, I know it's not really suiting for my general podcast conversations but I thought it was something worth sharing so I hope you guys enjoyed it we will be back to regular scheduled programming starting next week um, where I'm going to talk with somebody about how to kind of, you know, ignore the crowd and be yourself because it's something I really struggle with. So that's what we're going to talk about next. So I hope you guys continue to tune in. I hope you like the, liked the kind of shift into pregnancy and now this kind of sums it all up so thanks so much guys um as always reach out to me if you have any questions comments or concerns i am so grateful to hear from all of you and i'll be back soon bye thanks so much for listening please subscribe share and review have questions or want to suggest a topic for me in the future shoot me a message on instagram at shawnee faith